I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next interview is with a theologian, Dr. Baxter Kruger. He's from Mississippi. He's a fishing lure designer. How cool is that? He's an author. He's a teacher. He's, he's a lover of life. I think that would be, it's almost an understatement in, in, in some regards. And if, if you've ever wondered how to connect religion and relationship then you need to listen to this interview. He, uh, we, we, we talked today about his new book, Patmos, which is available uh, on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And we talk about the idea that the, the universe has been born out of relationships, that everything, everything then uh, comes after relationship, if that, if that makes sense. And, and Baxter talks about that in a, in, a, in a philosophical way. He talks about it in a theological way. But what's so beautiful about the work that he does is he roots it in... in in, in story, he roots it in in in, in an understanding that that we can actually uh, make sense of, and and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy uh, this interview and this conversation that Baxter and I have. Don't forget um, uh, DavidPeckLive.com for more information about my podcasting, my writing, and my speaking. Rabble.ca. You can also uh, check out uh, more. Um, uh, about my podcasting there and a whole host of other uh, interviews. We start with relationships. We, we, we begin to, you know, in his words, settle down and we live our lives uh, through this idea of what he calls unspeakable communion. And uh, he thinks and believes there's an inherent logic to that. Dr. Baxter Kruger and his book, Patmos, coming right up. Stay tuned. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today, uh, Dr. C. Baxter Kruger. He is uh, here for a conference. He's in Toronto, uh, coming all the way from Mississippi. Um, Took something, me a while. Te- something tells me, Baxter, we're going to be talking about politics before this interview is over. Uh, I suspect but, uh, so. Yeah. So, so thanks for joining us. 
It's great to be here. Good to see you again. And 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 we're going to talk about your new book, uh, Patmos: uh, Three Days, Two Men, One Extraordinary Conversation. Uh, it's the most uh, recent thing that you've published, uh, 2016, and uh, a book. Kind of, uh, is it fair to say, taking uh, what you've been thinking about, what you've been writing and speaking about, and putting it into um, a dialogue, uh, a fictional account of your yeah. thinking theology. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, it's a, it's a story that really comes out of my own life's quest to, to understand how the Jesus thing actually works in the human soul. So it's about a burned out uh, suicidal theologian from Mississippi who... Are there a lot of those? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who he inexplicably time travels and he ends up on the Isle of Patmos with the Apostle John for three days. And John is going to lead Aiden, who's the theologian from Mississippi. He's going to lead Aiden into encounters with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and with the Father. And in order to do that, John realizes he has to deconstruct Aiden's Western mind and so they have this amazing conversation about his gospel. And John wants to know about history and what's happened. So it's just back and forth. But the, the real point of the, of the story is Aiden's uh, encounter with Jesus on the inside of his own soul. So people, some of my listeners are already rolling their eyes, encounter with Jesus. So, I mean, a lot of people have already had sort of an encounter with Jesus at some point. They went to a church. They've gone to Sunday school. They were at a camp. They've had some sort of experience that's left them... Uh, wanting, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. But uh, that, disconcerted, uh, unsettled. Uh, that's uh, Aiden. I mean, yeah, he's a okay. good man. He's not and, a bad and he, man. And he's a theologian. He's a theologian. He's he studies psychology. He's been to therapy. He's been to every denomination that there is, and he has not found what he what he was looking for. And he finally just kind of hits the wall and says, "Enough." Uh, so and, enough of the Western mind that you were just talking about. External religion, performance trying to look the part, fake it till you make it. Uh, he knows that there's something dreadfully wrong in his inner world. And he knows, he's always known that Jesus is the answer, but he doesn't know how. Did you call it external religion? Yeah. Yeah. External religion. External religion. Yeah. It's just, so like the, the plastic Jesus game sort of thing. Yeah. It's all about outside of me and, and I've got to get it right and I've got to, hmm. I've got to make this happen. I've got to have enough faith. Highly conditional. Conditional, uh, but external meaning it's not about the inside of my soul mm. and being at peace. It's all about me doing right, behaving, uh, saying the right things, learning the right things, all in my head, you know, all in our head. And Aiden, is, he's brilliant, uh, and he knows his inside is broken. So it's the, it's the Western detached the head part, right. and so from the heart, and it's also the Western religious performance external. So... You look the part, you do what's right, you go to church, you, you, you do what they tell you to do, and there's no attending to the soul, to the heart. So someone who's thinking and honest reaches the place where this is not real, this does not work, this Jesus thing is just a crock. And he knows better, but he doesn't have a way out. So he cries out to God and he ends up time traveling. And this conversation with John is way more than a conversation. It's way more than a conversation, and it's powerful and beautiful, and it's it's all true. Um, How? Uh, okay, so so 
it's not too far of a leap to say there's a lot of you in this book. It's just, this you know, how, 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 how biographical is this, in truth? A lot of the story Did of I Aegon... Did say biographical or autobiographical? I wasn't going to correct you. I haven't got you. enough caffeine in me yet. Uh, I wasn't going to correct you this All time. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's good. I'm used it, to it is, uh, It's very much my story, um, with the exception that um, I've never really been suicidal. But that ever-present sort of next step despair has been there a long time in my life. It, and, and it's kind of interesting, Baxter, because aren't you sort of saying prophetically that this is kind of either where we are, you know, kind of like Nietzsche, and thus, thus spoke Zarathustra in a sense, you mm. know? This wasn't God, so Zarathustra proclaims God is dead. Well, God's going to be dead if we continue along this path. And in a sense, that's kind of what you're saying here. I mean, if you want an irrelevant God, go here. That's right. Right? Well, Aiden... Or there. But but this is a, a new way to say something different about, about well, you said it, peace earlier. Inner inner peace, healing, reconciliation, relationships. Well, Aiden, uh, and I wasn't aware of this in the, in the first draft, but Aiden represents the Western church. Mm. And he at least is willing to say, this is not really working on the inside. Right. And and give up. So the Western church, on the whole, it strikes me as still posing, still trying to work the program. And so Aiden's story and John's leading him into communion and, and real healing and life and freedom is, I think, what's going to happen or is happening already in, in Western civilization. That, that awakening that happens in the story to Aiden is happening in the West, but not in ways that we can yet quantify. Lenny Bruce said, every day people are leaving religion and going back to God. That's exactly Back, back the in the 60s, he said that. A comedian who was up on obscenity charges and, you know, an incredibly insightful guy, clearly, says every day people are leaving religion and going back to God. Yeah, I, I would just make that a little bit more personal and say uh, leaving external religion, performance, and returning to Jesus, the person. Right. And Jesus, of course, is going to share, is sharing himself. Now, people are going to cringe at that, aren't they, on some level because of that Western understanding? Aiden cringed at it. Right. He's like, come right. on, I don't, want to, I don't want any more of this. Is this it? Is this the kingdom you promised? Is this the river of living water? Come on, give me a break. I'm done. Out. And so he has to go to Patmos. In, in time travel and meet an old man that he doesn't know who he is. And for those of who those of the listeners who don't know what Patmos is, that's a... Patmos is the island where John was in exile and wrote the book of Revelation. It's off, off the coast of what we now call Turkey. Okay. And um, so John is actually, in the story, he lives in Ephesus. He's been set free from Patmos, but he's sent back to Patmos on a mission. And his mission is Aden. And so on many different levels, it's like the real story of the book is that John has, has a format with which to address Western Christianity 2,000 years on. And that's what I think is, I'm trying to do in the book is let John speak to us, good people who uh, have crashed and burned and can't really talk about it. And before we give up, hey, hang on, there's something more, more real that you, you're going to discover now. You talk early on in the book about uh, Aiden having a half a century of buried, buried anger. anger. Is, is that you? Is that, is that kind of a lot of others as well? You know, are, I, we, are we burying this anger towards this unknown God? Well, we're, work, we're working the program and we know it's not working. Mm. And we can't talk about it. 
So that's fuel in this, and we keep it all tamped down, and sure. it's going to explode. But it's not just going to explode um, because John's coming. So God's raising up prophets that are not religionist, and they're not peddling anything, and they don't want anything from you. Uh, he's raising up men and women who are recovering not just the early church's message, but actually learning how to walk with the living Jesus again for real. And they know how to share that. And so for all those people who have one foot in the, in the door of the church and one foot out, and then all those people who are in the parking lot who right. wa who've walked away from this thing, but they still know that Jesus is not equivalent to the church. Those are the people that are, uh, that are in this conversation and rediscovering what, what blew, blew the Apostle Paul's mind, the living Jesus, and John's mind, and Peter's mind. And so that's what happens to Aiden. So how come, how come you, as, as, a, as a thinker, as a, an academic, as a, um, a lover of life, uh, how, come you're not in the, how, come, how come you weren't in the parking lot? How come you weren't hanging out in the, and, and, and in fact aren't in the parking lot now? Uh, well, you, it, you've, you've stuck it out. Yeah, emotionally, I went way beyond the parking lot, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I, kn I have known since I was a little boy that Jesus was real. Hmm. Hmm. And I have known since I was a little boy that what Jesus means when he says the truth shall set you free, I don't know what that means. And that has been the pursuit of my life. When Jesus talks about the river of living water, I want to know what that means. When Paul talks about the glorious liberation of the sons of God. I mean, are we just talking religious bullshit here or is this for real? Mm. And if it's for real, that's something worth pursuing. And so I have been convinced that it is real and my life's journey has really been about how is it real? How does this work? And for you, Baxter, this is about, um, oh, I think of, you know, uh, Yeats in the, the poem, The Second Coming, Things Fall Apart, The Center Cannot Hold. Well, maybe the center's not holding from your perspective because we've got this so screwed up. So if we had a better understanding of what we called the creator or what our understanding of religion was really all about and so on and this guy called Jesus, then maybe the center actually could start holding from the inside out individually. Individu I think Yeats was talking about the culture. but Yeah, well, but, it's both. But we're all kind of broken vessels, right, in one what, way or another? What, what Aiden discovers and what I believe is that Jesus is in every person and every mm -hmm. person is in Jesus and none of us know it and we're trying to perform and what happens when you crash and burn is there's not much left and you meet Jesus inside of your own soul and now, now we've got a way to live. Now we've got a way to, to, to have fellowship. Now we've got a way to build because the, the, excuse me, this is true of every human being on earth. Mm. Now we got a different way of talking about global politics. Now we got right. a different way. Of, right. I mean, this thing That's just where starts I go. Go. This yeah. just cascades. So, yeah. Aiden's story is spoken to individuals, but it is a revolution when, when they meet Jesus. When you meet Jesus inside of your own shit. That's relief and that's hope. And then when you understand that he's inside everybody else and their brokenness, that's a message that's worth preaching. So, and then it changes the world so just it, like it did. So it's almost like uh, for you there's like maybe there's one first principle, but those two first principles now allow you to go out and be a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, a better politician, a better uh, accountant, a better friend. Yes. I mean, I, I don't see any human being the way that I used to see them. I, I'm looking for Jesus in them everywhere I go. And it's the coolest thing in the world because he's there and they don't know it. This is the big joke on church. Mm -hmm. He's already here. And he brought his father and the Holy Spirit with him inside of every person on earth 
right now. And we don't know it. We've got, we've got the wrong pair of glasses on. Right, right. And it's like one, one of my favorite lines is Aiden says, he says, I feel like, I feel like the man who is strutting to his first class seat only to realize he's on the wrong boat. Mm, mm. And, it, and that's, it's like we are going to be in for one monumental surprise when we really see what's really going on on planet Earth. And, and, and just to tease out that implication thing for a second, the, there's, there's, we're talking about, um, about mental health issues for you. We're talking about counseling. We're talking about, I mean, this goes deep. What, right? what, is you, not, what are we not talking about? Well, when you say this is the problem of the Western mind, I mean, you're saying this is a, this is a very deep problem that has, a, has had an impact on the way we do science, on the way we do pedagogy, on the way we relate to others and gender issues. I mean, you're, this is the ground up, right? That's right. This is ground zero. This goes all the way back to Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve are actually hiding in the bushes from the greatest philanthropist in the universe, and they think mm -hmm. they should be. That's where it goes back to, because what Adam and Eve... Funny line, the greatest philanthropist in the universe is great. And they, and they think that they should be, and what, what the Father, Son, and Spirit do is say, we're not going to have an external conversation. That's not going to work. We can, we can throw out theology to Adam and Eve. We can tell them the truth. Yeah. But they're hiding because they're now blind. So we're going to find our way, and this is the cross. Jesus is going to find his way by submission to us and allowing us to beat him to death and curse him and damn him, he now is finding his way inside our delusion. What's so cool, so I grew up, uh, as you know, I grew up in a pretty conservative uh, Christian slash religious environment, which I think probably lots of people, in the, certainly in the West, have done. I grew up with a God that I had to get to. That's right. Right? That, that um, as you've said before in your writing, and one of my favorite lines, a faceless, austere, omni-being. That's who I had to get to. Oh, and by the way, he probably has a big stick or a leather belt. And, and, doesn't, and doesn't really like you anyway. It doesn't like you anyway. So the whole theme here for Aiden, John finally, finally boils it down. And he says, it comes to this, union or separation. Mm. If you believe you're separated from God, you have to get back and you defend with a vengeance whatever way you're working on at the moment. But when you discover what is, you discover that Jesus has already pitched his tent inside of you and he brought his Father and the Holy Spirit with him and that's the reality that you're living from. And you deconstruct your theological, philosophical, mental gymnastics and line it up with what's real. Right. So he's deconstructing Aiden's mind because he knows Jesus is already in him, but Aiden's not looking there. He's not looking there because he's ashamed of himself. Um, congratulations on the book, by the way. I, uh, I loved it. I, I love dialogues. I mean, it goes right back to Plato for me, of course. And uh, uh, One of my favorite books, actually, was written by a guy by the name of Peter Kraft, The Dialogue. A trialogue, I guess you could say. Three guys yeah. who died on the same day, C.S. Lewis, uh, John, John Kennedy, and um, Aldous Huxley. And he, and he wrote a book called Between Heaven and Hell. And these three guys land in purgatory, and they have this chat. And uh, But what I loved about the book, Baxter, is... It took me to the cave. I found myself kind of alongside of you for this conversation, kind of wanting to ask some of my own metaphysical questions. And, and, and yeah, but hang on, John. <laughs> hang on a minute. Uh, we're not letting that one go, as you do a couple of times. You know, oh, I hope we come back to that. And in some cases you do, and in other cases you don't. But I'm just going to read a little quick excerpt here, just based on your union separation thing. So 
Um, if, we, if we're separated and have to find our way back to God, quote, then we are wide open to anyone's claim to know how to get back. And then you say, um, um, and you say, and since we're not separated, then any idea as to how to get back? And John says, won't work. And if they don't work, he, he gestured me, we eventually die, and you respond, we eventually die of exhaustion or of sadness and cynicism or despair, even though we have been faithful and true to the cause. I'm getting shiver. Like, this, I mean, to say that this changes everything is a, a massive, as we mentioned before, a massive understatement for those uh, staunch religious types. No matter what religion well, you're, 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 you're standing under, you know, umbrella. John, John uh, asked Aiden if he dreamed last night. Mm. He says, I'm good with dreams. And so Aiden has a dream. He sees a window, uh, six-pane window, window in uh, the black void. And there's nothing there but just the window hanging in midair. And he's, he walks over and he's trying to figure out what it is. Right. And he notices in the left bottom a dead fly right. on the windowsill right. the turned up. Yep. And, and through his mind, he starts hearing Frank Sinatra sing, I did it my way. And then he, and then he, he hears all these things like, he left it all on the field. He stayed true to the cause. And then there's this moment where Aiden suddenly looks and realizes that there are millions of dead flies on the floor around. And he thinks it, that somehow that's a warning about him. But John takes it and says, this is what's happened in your West. You were determined that you could find freedom through that window and you exhausted yourself. And they all died staying true to the cause. And the whole time you're actually free in Jesus. You're actually already in. You're already where you're supposed to be and where you're going in Jesus. So I want union and separation to be the hot topic around planet Earth. Is mm -hmm. it true or is it not? Right, right. Because would you say if it's not true, then we're done? We're done. Yeah. It's a game. Right. It's all about performance and looking and all that. And, we're, and we will never experience the kingdom any more than we can create by our own strength. And if it's true then we get to be in on everything the Father, Son, and Spirit. Back, so don't you say that the kingdom can only be experienced through human, human participation? That's right. Jesus is, is the, that's the story of the water to wine. Jesus doesn't need the servants. He could just go make wine. Mm. But Jesus is not going to be Lord. He is not going to be Father, Son. He's not going to be anointed one in the Holy Spirit without us. And he's sharing all of that with us. And as we come to know who he really is, we begin to know who we are. Now we can begin to throw ourselves, as it were, relentlessly into his affection and say, Jesus, I want to be part of this. And this separation conversation, this separation metaphor, symbol, analog, whatever you want to call it, has been going on for several hundred years, right? I mean, this, is, this has been, you, I think you would say, this is back to the Greeks. This is and through the Enlightenment Project and into Descartes and Newton and, and down, and right? Yeah, and, it, and into our souls, frankly. It goes back to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve believe the lie that they are separated from God and they're not. And they create an illusion and they're hiding from God in that illusion. Right. God finds right. his way. In the biblical story, the Father, Son, and Spirit find their way eventually through Israel in, in Jesus inside the illusion. And you can see this so beautifully in Saul of Tarsus. He says in Galatians chapter 1, when God who set me apart from my mother's womb was pleased to reveal his son in me, mm. not externally to me with information. Jesus shows up on the inside of Saul of Tarsus and that is a complete, completely different conversation. You can't argue with him. This is like, you killed me, 
You voted to crucify me and I allow myself to be crucified and I'm resurrected right in the midst of your, your darkness. Now we can have a conversation that's real, not just informational. It's not just, and, and this goes back for me to in the early 80s when I was studying in Scotland. Uh, <clears throat> an American, quite well-known evangelical theologian was in town and he came and he wrote on the board, for Karl Barth, revelation means God reveals himself. And he underlined himself. And then he said, for evangelical Christianity, revelation means God reveals truths about himself. Mm. And I sat there. I had just finished my doctoral dissertation. And I sat there thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We don't actually know God. We, that's why we're so concerned about the book. Because we, we're not even looking to meet Jesus, for real. We've got the book. So, so, truths, so we accurate. want, yeah, we want truths about it, about the, God, about, about this being, about this faceless, austere, omni-being. We want to, that's how we're going to get to know him by these, I, would, I guess I would say propositional truths. That's almost. right. Yeah. It's information. It's and, information. It's, and let's say it's accurate information. And now it's all back on me to figure out how right. to apply this right. information to my right life. Right translation, right school that I went to, right books that I read. Right church that I go to, right and, Rotary Club that I attend. And how cetera, do I apply these truths, external truths, right, right. to myself in my life? That is not the kingdom. The kingdom is Jesus shows up in his life in commun communion with his Father in the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, live with me. Share, share your life with me. Let me live in you. So Aiden's so, got wow. half a century of buried anger. I guess back to that earlier comment, are, are we kind of angry and we don't even know it <laughs> well you know, what culturally? what what when you swallow anger yeah it becomes depression right now you ask me is north america depressed yeah yeah i mean think about it yeah and yeah. what do you do when you're depressed you try to entertain yourself to death yeah i mean you stay busy you try to do something that looks like life right right and nice. that, that doesn't explain american culture uh i don't know what does one entertainment, one dazzling show, keep me busy because I'm scared to death. This is a trick of the evil one. And John in the story calls the evil one Ophis, O-P-H-I-S, which is the Greek word for serpent. This is the trick of the evil one. He is not going to allow you to look inside. So he's going to make you so ashamed of yourself. You're going to conclude, I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful. I'm not special. I'm not worthy. All that I am not. And so you're not going to look. You can't face that because that's proof that you should be depressed and it's proof that God knows who you really are and what, how this is all going to turn out. So I'm not looking inside. Aiden looks inside and discovers the Father, Son, and Spirit in the midst of his shame. And it just like, oh my God. Well, and now we're seeing the implications, right? Yes. Because this is precisely what a good therapist or counselor or, or friend wants to do. They want to help you look inside, yes. right? They want to ask you the questions to dig deep enough to get you to see your own... Uh, shit, as you say. To, to right? discover who has pitched his tent inside right. your shit. Well, Because it ain't shit to him. And to, and, right. And to discover, in fact, it who is we not shit to you. <laughs> That's right. So I That's missed like, that last part. What'd you good, say? Good, um, it's not who, in fact, we actually it's, it's, really it's are. It's all right. Right? We have believed a lie about ourselves. That's that's the way Ophus works. So, he whispers, I am not. We believe it, and off we go, trying to improve ourselves. What kind of pushback are you getting? <laughs> I mean, you're, you live in uh, the Bible Belt, capital B, don't you? Why do you think I mean, I'm in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And so far, it's um, the only people that have read the book, um, apparently based on Amazon reviews, are people that are thrilled with it. But I know the pushback is coming, but it's been coming my whole life. I mean, sure. it's like, okay, sure. okay, what are you going to call me now? I mean, I, right. I mean, the bottom line for me, either Jesus is in us or it's up to us. Well, right. I've done the up to us part. And that just, that leads to despair or it leads to posing. I have to now pretend that I'm doing it right. Well, I mean, it seems to me like you're sort of preaching freedom. <laughs> Go figure. Go <laughs> For figure. crying out loud. You shall know the truth. Yeah. Jesus is yeah. in you, and yeah. it will set you free. So, so let me get this straight. So here's all these statements about it, but we don't actually believe it. Well, we don't live like we actually believe it. Even, even if you believed the statements, that's not the same thing as meeting Jesus inside of you. Mm. And then you start believing statements because it's like, oh, that's what he meant by the river of living water. Oh, that's what Paul's right. talking about, well, the glorious liberation. Baxter, don't you now, and this is philosophy all over, but now don't you have to pretty much toss out most of the books you have on your shelf and start reading again and start talking again and start unpacking again and maybe, you know, clean that metaphorical lens or maybe put a new one in? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that what this is about in a sense? It's, it's giving us, it's the reconstruction of the fallen mind of Adam mm. and Eve. And what's mm-hmm. beautiful, and here's the, here's the beautiful part, because when you go back and read all these books again, what you understand is that somehow in the midst of these books, all of these books, the Holy Spirit was speaking the truth. Hmm. And so you don't throw it all out. You right. go back and you right. think, oh, my goodness, I wonder, and you see it. It's so I don't write history off. I go back now and read it because I'm seeing my brothers and sisters trying to talk about this very thing throughout history. And that's what's, that's amazing. So I think that, that we're moving as a culture toward the place to where we might find ourselves in total darkness. We, we might crash and burn. Mm. And it's the greatest thing in the world because when you crash and burn, you quit trying to perform and you, tr- you quit trying to achieve and you suddenly discover that right. Jesus right. and his Father and the Holy Spirit is right. already in us. And that's freedom to live. Every day I get to participate in what the Father, Son, and Spirit do. I don't have to make it happen. Sadly, we've got to wrap it up here in a couple minutes. And can, can I just read something from the, from the book? And, and Mary is your wife? Yes, Aiden's wife. Aiden's wife. In, in, sorry, your wife. In, in the context of the story is Aiden's wife. Quote, as I turn back toward the cave, for those of you who may be following along, page 76, how academic of me, uh, I thought of home and my family, which made me laugh and tear up. Mary has had to pick up the tab on my despair more times than I can count, and she has had to learn to swim in the sorrow of my absence even when I was present. My absent presence, as my counselor would say. A wave of guilt flooded my heart. I felt regret sneaking around inside me. Then I dropped the bags and sat down, shaking as a new thought rolled in. Could it be that I am here to be healed? Is that what John meant by my finding home? I grabbed the bags and jumped up, not at all ready to allow such a hope to get a toehold in me. There is no pain greater than disappointed hope. Close quote. I mean, there's a lot going on in there. <laughs> um, but what I, for me, you, you talked a little bit about mental health earlier. Mm. What I see here is my own sense of melancholy, my own despair, my own struggle with, with issues of one kind or another, of, of <laughs> that Linus-like dark cloud that follows me around. Is it Linus? It is yeah, Linus. It is Linus. Is it Linus? Might not be. Ooh. This... Uh... When I wrote that paragraph, literally, I said, David Peck's going to get that paragraph. He will get that. 
And this is part, part of the way that religion holds us. It keeps promising if we do work, if we, if we work harder, we try to make it, you know, it keeps promising us. And we're scared to turn and say, no, there's got to be more. Because if we bite on there has mm. to be more mm. and there's not. Mm. Right. So that's what keeps us back in the external performance and the pose and the whole grand thing that we're trying to, to do. It's, um, let me put it this way. Religion is what human beings do when they don't know Jesus Christ is in them. When they know that Jesus is in them, they live. They share his life with his Father and the Holy Spirit in community. It's a, it's a prophetic statement. It's a challenge. It's, it's affirming, and it's all in the book, Patmos. Three days, two men, one extraordinary conversation with uh, C, Baxter Cougar. Um, thanks for joining us today, Baxter. Man. And uh, and you can get it on Amazon at your uh, local bookstore, I would imagine, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah. It's just come out, right? Yeah, September. Excellent. Yeah. One last word. Yeah, go. This is what John leaves on a little scroll for Aiden. In that day, y'all will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. A large time awaits us all. No shadows, John. So you've got the Apostle John uh, using, what, two or three Southern phrases. Well, he's learned what y'all means, and he loves it. He says it speaks of oneness. Right, nice. So... Well, thank you, Baxter. Thanks for Thank you, David. Today. Great seeing you. All the best to Elizabeth and the kids. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.